Hello, fellow crypto leftists. Thank you for tuning in. This is the second episode of the Blockchain Socialist Podcast. And I just wanted to give a couple of messages before we get into it. First, I wanted to say, um, make sure you guys are safe out there. Um, we're currently in the middle of what is likely to be a pandemic um, with COVID-19. So please be safe. Um, don't go into uh, crowded places and to not uh, put yourself in danger. Considering that we are likely about to go into a recession because of this virus, I would highly recommend that everyone move their cryptocurrency um, that they may have held in a centralized exchange and move it into their personal wallets. What's happened in the past is that exchanges, when they go under, they take all the cryptocurrency that's being held on them uh, with them. And you, the people who did not take out the cryptocurrency before then uh, lost it. So please take the necessary precautions now so you don't regret it in the future. Okay, now that we got that out of the way. In this interview, I'll be speaking to Ben Arp also known as BTC Socialist on Twitter. Um, he is one of the OG socialists in the crypto space, and I had a great talk with him. So I hope you guys enjoy. All of this wouldn't be possible, of course, without the help and support of my patrons. So if you do enjoy this interview, please consider taking a look at my Patreon page. I've also now gotten my podcast onto the major podcast platforms. So besides SoundCloud, you can also find my podcast now being posted on Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, and Podcast Addict. So subscribe to it in any of those platforms that you use. And here's the interview. But, um, but, then, but then, I mean, it's not, it's not common... I mean, that's, I think that's like, in, like, in general, in general lefties, you know, just in society uh, are kind of quieter, aren't they, you know? Yeah, I mean, except for like, I mean, I mean the, the Im- it's more like the image of the left is, you know, what the right, you know, the SJW uh, type of bullshit. Um, I mean, that's just what the media likes to portray lefties as when they're just fucking, yeah. you know, normal people who like normal stuff or not so normal stuff. Yeah, um, I think as well. I mean, I suppose like, I mean, you know, the the those who had like an interest in something like gold were able to see. So the libertarian quarter were able to see value in Bitcoin fairly early on. Um, so it was probably predominantly uh, libertarian, uh, right wing libertarian. Um, although in saying that, so I always like to remind people that you know Jude Milhorn, who actually coined the phrase cypherpunk, was a lefty. Um, yeah, sure. So, even within cypherpunks, there were you know, there was kind of a left influence. You know, it was um, I mean, particularly people working on free and open source software, um, uh, within the free free software movement, there was a lot of sort of lefty influence. So, um, so yeah, so so no, but but arguably at the beginning of, of Bitcoin, a lot of the people who were interested in it were kind of interested in gold um, and how they thought you know it was, it, was, it was a good form of money, and then they kind of were quite easy. It was quite easy for them to kind of see value in Bitcoin. Um, but then in saying that, you have someone like Amir Taki working on Bitcoin pretty early on, and he's, you know, I would, I would kind of, I mean, I wouldn't want to speak on 
um, on his politics, but um, but uh, I would I would kind of align him more to more to the left. So right. so yeah, I've, I don't I don't know, but I I, I do feel for for definitely for a period. Um, it felt very, very quiet out there. And that, that as soon as I kind of raised the flag, it's probably as you find as well, you have a lot of people contacting you and saying, yeah, man, carry on, do this, you know, and like they're, yeah. they're encouraged and that they're, 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 they're happy that you, you kind of. I mean, I don't, I don't know, but I, I get both. I mean, I get, it's very, uh, very polarizing. podcast so it's great to see some solidarity amongst uh some some commies in the crypto space <laughs> i really like uh, I, I think i think i really want to call this uh, the crypto commie circle jerk <laughs> that was really good <laughs> yeah that was pretty good when you sent me that um but yeah um well, I mean, it's quite a rare occurrence, isn't it? I don't mean to cut it, but it's quite a rare occurrence. Like the the the, the right wingers will often have like a circle jerk yeah. over like you know Mises or something, and they have a great old time, and they, yeah. they, they don't have anyone opposing their opinions. So it's quite nice for us to be able to just have our own little space where we can, you know. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Yeah, that's definitely what um, reinforce our theories. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, definitely what I'm trying to do uh, with my uh, with my platform just to give people on the left and in crypto and in blockchain to just talk and spread ideas and you know get become friends <laughs> but um maybe i'll just start uh with the beginning i'm curious to hear sort of your story and how you first got into bitcoin and what were your initial thoughts about it were you a, a socialist first or were you into bitcoin first yeah so I've always been something of a lefty, but I thought that, I don't know, I, I, I kind of felt like it was as good as it gets. You know, it's, um, I couldn't see uh, a way to make a better system easily. Um, uh, so I was, I was kind of like a defeated lefty, um, which, which, which tried to make the most of the sort of the, the current way in which we produce things or whatever. Um, but then when I became more aware of, say, the, you know, the free software movement, and um, then eventually uh, Bitcoin, I started to see that people were building systems which were controlled and regulated by the community as a whole. And then it wouldn't be a huge leap. Um, I think maybe uh, probably a few years in when people start talking about DAOs and things. Um, and then, you know, when I started hearing you know, talk about communities um, making decisions over, you know, decisions in which or what a DAO would do. Um, then I, I start to think that maybe uh, this could be, these tools could be used to build um, decision making by consensus among uh, a large community of people. And when you talk about things like consensus, um, that's something which people on the left, the socialists, have been really struggling with. Like, you know, when you get a lot of people in a room and you try and make get them to make a decision it's actually quite hard without having an authoritarian figure just telling them what to do um uh, that's kind of much easier a more efficient system uh, if the person who's telling what to do kind of knows what they're doing 
Um, but you know, ideally, in order to liberate people, obviously you want everybody to have a say in the decision decision making. So it was it was quite nice to see the consensus experiments which were happening in Bitcoin, and then which were kind of being extended out into other projects as well, which I, I got quite excited about. Um, and then I, I, you know, like yourself, I kind of looked within the Bitcoin community and I thought, wow, you know, no one's sort of speaking from the left here. So I thought I'd kind of raise the flag up, gave myself a goofy name on Twitter. And uh, I, I thought I'd kind of raise the flag up for, 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 for Bitcoiners on the left and, and see if anyone uh, would respond favorably or unfavorably and we could chat about it, whatever, you know, I'm all into, into, into talking and, you know, obviously the dialectics. Um, and uh, I was quite encouraged, like when I actually went out to, to Bitcoin um, conferences or went out to sort of hack events or building things, uh, I realized, particularly in Europe, there's, there's a lot of sort of lefty anarchist type builders and hackers within the Bitcoin community. I mean, I, mm-hmm. I can't really speak about sort of the wider uh, cryptocurrency stroke blockchain community, but, you know, so I'll just talk, you know, on, on Bitcoin and on maybe on the, the Lightning Network um, side of Bitcoin. But I was, I know, I was encouraged to find there was, there was a lot of people who would align politically on the left. Um, and then I would also, even people working, you know, on, on, a, on a protocol, um, more profound level, there were people who were sort of maybe lefty or if not lefty, I mean, certainly I think within Bitcoin core development, there's, there's a, a, a large proportion of just ag- agnostic when it comes politically, you know, they, 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 mm. they don't pull politics into protocol development. You know, they, they probably see it as goofy as pulling politics into something like email, you know, as email political is, right. I don't know. TCP political, so um, they just want to build the best software they can to solve the problems in which you know they need to solve. So, um, but so yeah, so this is how I, this is how I got into Bitcoin. This is this is yeah. This, I raised the was it a, was I like a, a slow build up then, and then I, I met a bunch of other kind of lefty people, and I thought, okay, yeah, call me to carry on doing what I'm doing. I tried to have like constructive conversations with some of the people on the right, the right, the libertarians, but I mean, within Bitcoin, I suppose we have the more extreme end of. Uh, right libertarian uh, um, types so it's, it's quite hard to i mean i've never blocked or muted anybody on twitter but plenty of people God have blocked and muted me <laughs> yeah quite the opposite yeah i'm blocked and right now i mean so uh, again within bitcoin you, you, you when you have a free and open source system and it's working as well um it's uh, it's a resource and any resource in which you use, which isn't owned by a person, it's owned by a community or it's you know, a natural resource, I feel personally that you have a duty of care that you need to contribute back, that you need to support it, that you need to try and help it grow. Um, so I, you know, within Bitcoin, like the best way I thought to, to kind of help it grow was to try and encourage something of a maker community. I, I realized there weren't many people, um, uh, you know, using kind of like arduino type things to 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 send and receive bitcoin little hardware devices and and retrofitting um i don't know things to to accept bitcoin uh so i thought maybe this is where i could add some value and a little bit some rudimentary Mm. electronics in the past and i kind of went away a little bit way around a, a microcontroller and i realized that i could i could take small computer components and then i could retrofit them into devices and get them to accept bitcoin real world devices um, and i just wondered if i could help encourage more of a maker community and i think you know me and a couple of others i think we've really helped do that within bitcoin there's there's now quite a lot of people producing interesting diy you know point of sale terminals and um uh and a retrofitting um yeah. uh, real world things to to accept bitcoin um so so yeah, I mean that's <laughs> so I I'll just bring keep bringing us back to the left. You know, Marx when he he talked about something like communism, 
he said it was each to his own ability, each to his own needs. So the idea is that, you know, you have each to your own need, you can, you can use this resource, however much you want it. Um, but then to your own ability, you contribute where you can. And that's, that's, that's kind of communism in, in Marx's, um, how he would sum up communism, the communist mantra. Um, and I kind of see Bitcoin like that. It's a natural resource, each to his own uh, need. You can just use the system. It's absolutely fine. It's like any free and open source software project. Um, if you use it a lot, then, you know, I, there's a natural human want and urge to kind of help it grow and, incur- and, and contribute back. Um, a lot of people within Bitcoin, they kind of fight that and they'll say, no, no, it's just me being selfish. You know, I'm, I build tools I want to use. But it's like, yeah, but are you not also making them for the people to use? And like, isn't some of your decision making around that? And um, isn't it nice that other people use these tools and build on top of them as well? So, so I, I, I think sometimes they try and kind of fight that. Um, what, uh, what, but what was like the, uh, I'm just curious, like the first like what was the reason why what that pulled you into the Bitcoin space? I mean, was it like did you you read about it and you're like, oh wow, there's a lot of it. Sorry. I mean, it's. I mean, we spoke. I don't know if it was probably off air, but we spoke a little bit about Yanis Varoufakis. Mm-hmm. He's. I mean, as a student of Keynes, uh, or more on the Keynesian side, he's very much into this idea of an apolitical money. You know, if you take um, uh, politics out of money, out of a world reserve currency for example then the world can become much stabler you know if we, when the british pound um uh, was a world reserve currency you know we enslaved the chinese into opium smoking to, to keep our currency strong you know we um uh we, we conquered and ruled over in india and we were really 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 quite vicious and 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 uh we uh in order to keep the british pound as, as the world reserve currency and keep our economy strong because um, we became greedy as an island, you know, we, we we enjoyed all the all the money which was streaming back into Britain, and then post um, World War Two, when the dollar um, had world dominance and was fifty percent of the the world's economy was was dollar based, um, then the U.S. dollar became the world reserve currency. Uh, if you think about all the conflicts which have happened, particularly by on the U.S. side. I mean, how much of it is, is them trying to keep the dollar as the, the world reserve currency that is, is, is the strongest currency? Um, it's, it's, like, it's almost like a, um, it's, a, um, it's, it's kind of too much of a responsibility for a government or a, or a country to have, to have their currency as the world reserve currency. Mm-hmm. It'd be better if it were an apolitical form of exchange which could be used like a gold or something rather than... Uh, you know, a, a, a currency which is backed by, by, by government. And I thought Bitcoin could be that. Um, uh, Keynes, uh, when he went to Bretton Woods, originally proposed um, something called the Bancor, which was kind of like a decentralized um, medium of exchange. It was predominantly between countries, like a kind of clearing uh, currency. But it, he wanted it to be apolitical. He said, look, if we're going into this future, we need, in order to not have conflict, you know, a lot of people say about Keynes, he spent his whole life trying to prevent conflict. Um, uh, he lived through two wars, had the first world war and the second world war, which was an economist of both. Uh, so, so he, he, um, he wanted an apolitical backed money. And then within Bitcoin, that's probably the first thing I saw about Bitcoin, which I really quite liked. I thought we could have, if this were, this is, this, this has, I mean, there's a whole bunch of things which I liked about, about Bitcoin. The, the, the idea of having something digitally scarce, I thought was cool, you know, um, but you think- cryptographically secure. Um, uh, I, and the, 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 you know, the, you're, you're using maths to, to ensure that this thing is always going to be 
um, uh, digitally scarce and you can have ownership over it, then I, I like that too. But um, maybe more because of the gaming side of things, you know, I'd had stuff in computer games in the past and then I'd, I'd lost those things or they'd produce more of those things and the thing I had became worth less value and it's kind of like, oh, that sucks, you know. In this digital world, I want something which kind of has a value, um, which I can use to exchange. It isn't going to lose its value or whatever, um, or a central party can't print more of. So, so there was kind of yeah. So there was there was that that kind of element, and there was also kind of the the apolitical element was probably the thing which really first drew me towards Bitcoin. And then the free and open source, it's free and open source software. I like that. I was kind of I came from sort of the free and open source software side. Yeah. Um, uh, I, um, and that kind of drove me towards Bitcoin. Uh, so yeah, that, 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 they were probably the three elements which which I most saw value in, in something like Bitcoin for. You know. Do you think? I mean, just as a add-on question to that, do you think that Bitcoin really is a political? Like it is. I I think it's interesting the point about. Um, I mean, I mean, I I agree. I don't think any one country should have the world reserve of money, and the U.S. has. I mean, it uses that power for imperialistic goals, but at the same time, Bitcoin can be a little bit political in the sense that, uh, I mean, I mean, miners have quite a bit of power over the Bitcoin network. Well, and I mean, this was the other thing. So that was one of my worries, in fact, was the, the amount of power which miners had over Bitcoin. It's always a struggle. Um, but then when we had the user activated software, you know, stuff when we had the um, uh, the No2X movement, I realized that, in fact, Bitcoin is controlled and regulated by the users. The miners are employed by the network and they're rewarded from the network. for they're, So they're employed to secure the network, basically. Mm. Um, and, uh, and, and then we reward them for doing that security work. Um, you know, I think often in history, security guards thought that they... they actually had control over a system or over, I don't know, uh, uh, over something, but then actually, no, they're just being employed by the, um, by the system to secure the system. Um, and that was, you know, that was made, that was made obvious with the, the, the um, user-activated software. So uh, actually that, at that point, I was like, okay, I'm all in Bitcoin now. Um, it, this is, you know, we have actually able, we have built a consensus mechanism which is truly centralized um, and controlled and regulated by the, the users as a whole, as opposed to um, controlled by, you know, say the miners, for example. So you, you, you say they have power, but I mean, um, they, they have less power than you, it first appears. Okay. Um, so uh, you are the original uh, BTC socialist, the Bitcoin socialist. Um, so I was curious because, I mean, we talked about this before, but in this space is there's so many right-wing libertarians a lot of the time or like people who are I mean, maybe not even like a right-wing libertarian, but I mean, just some people who just don't like socialism. And if you mention it, you know, they like to think that crypto is apolitical and, you know, they have their own ideas. So I'm just curious um, if you can explain a bit I on suppose, what, how people yeah. respond to it. Yeah, yeah well, I, I think that... Um... So you have many. So if you want decentralized control and uh, the means of production controlled, and regulated by the community, controlled or regulated by the community as a whole, which is the dictionary definition of, of something like socialism, there are some tools you can use to try and do that. So you can use something like state. You know, um, so the state can take taxes and 
uh, from people and then it can build a health service or it can build schools or I don't know whatever else, um, the roads. Uh, but that's a tool to try and achieve an end. And the end being that the, the, the means of production is controlled, regulated by the community as a whole. Um, doesn't necessarily mean state is good. It's not. It's very buggy. But it's kind of like, I would say for something like education, I would say it's important for people to have access to education. And I would say that state probably is the best system we currently have for education. I would say for um, uh, production, uh, state's not very good at all. You know, it's, uh, it's, it's, um, it's probably the one, you know, it's much better to have a free market of, of entrepreneurs, um, of businesses, uh, to be able to produce the things we need. Um, if you give that power to state, as we saw with, you know, Lenin, uh, then you end up with just a tyranny um, of, and, and also bad decision-making. They, they can't make the, the, the right decisions to be able to produce the things people actually want. Um, so, uh, yeah, I, I did warn you that I have a tendency to, to, to waffle on. Oh, right, so, yeah, so, so, so it's important to, to first define what socialism is. And if yeah. you just find socialism is just that the means of production is con um, a manufacturing is controlled or regulated by the community as a whole so how do you achieve that you know it's um uh one way to achieve it is through something like a, you know a cooperative um but cooperatives are clunky and decision making by consensus is hard as we know in bitcoin um so if you take a, your average cooperative and then if you if it competes against you know um a feudalist corporate structure where one person is just making decisions then uh, the feudalist corporate structure is going to win because uh, the, the cooperative is so clunky and it's so hard to manage that, just that sort of decision making that in a free market, the, um, the, the feudalist structure is going to win. Uh, does that mean that you shouldn't try and make cooperatives work better and try and improve the, the, uh, the tools they use um, to try and make that cooperative more effective? I don't think it does. You know, I think that sort of a thought experiment I like to do with some of the righty people is like say okay you've got two Amazons you've got normal Amazon and then you've got decentralized Amazon both products in both these Amazons are worth the exact you know they cost the exact same amount of money so you go on the website either go to amazon.com or you go to theamazon.com and this is completely hypothetical and it's probably a load of bollocks and it could never ever exist because you know free markets and all they're, they're great and you're never going to be able to get the value of the products down to the right level to, to be able to compete but let's just do a thought experiment so you've got centralized Amazon amazon.com and you've got decentralized amazon the amazon.com uh, uh, the products are exactly the same on both in both amazons they both cost exactly the same the only difference is that the uh, d amazon decentralized amazon um, more or less all the value um, which is produced by the products goes to the people actually producing the products there's a very small fraction which maybe goes into you know bounties for d amazon software um, whereas amazon.com um, you know, obviously some of that surplus value goes to um, Jeff Bezos and that's why he's, you know, becoming fast on his way to become the world's first trillionaire. So, so you have these two Amazons. Now, you, you make the decision to buy a product. Which Amazon are you going to pick? And then the, the writers, the, 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 the libertarians, they always, they always say, well, you know, where the product's cheaper. I'm like, in this thought experiment, they're both, both everything costs the same on both platforms. Which one are you going to pick? And then the ones who are honest, they will say, well, I'm going to go for the D Amazon one. Okay, why are you mm. going to go for the D Amazon one? Well, because 
I understand that the people are getting more. But it's impossible. It's never going to happen. I'm like, yeah, it's impossible. It's never going to happen. <laughs> but you understand that the people yeah, who are producing the... those things are going to get more of the value. They're not going to lose that surplus value. You know, they're going to they're going to have. It's going to be better. They're going to be better off when you buy those products. You know that that money is going to actually towards the produ- more towards the the people who actually produce the products. Um, and I think that's just uh, so you know. Again, back to that different dictionary definition of socialism that um, production manufacturing is controlled. But is this is this how you explain socialism? Whenever you have you know your maybe right libertarian friends in the Bitcoin space. I mean, this is how. Yeah, so right I'm sorry. So. So socialism is the advocation of that. So working towards that, it's not enforcing that. It's not like forcing your people to have that system. It's just saying it's, you're advocating that that system actually liberates people better than a centralized system. Um, uh, and just recognizing that. So um, they, um, I think maybe a socialist, like... Uh, do they, uh, I mean... Do, do you think you changed their their minds a little bit about like you know what your beliefs are and things like that? I think so. I mean, so I I, I so so um, they become yeah, friendlier. Bitcoin. I've spoken to pardon. They become friendlier. <laughs> yeah. No. So no. It's, I mean. So I mean. So look at someone like uh, Rockstar Dev, who works on um, BTC Pay Server. I don't know why that took me so long to think of. Um, yeah, he's a fantastic developer. Okay. He's from an ex-Soviet bloc country. You know, mm. this guy has more right to hate "quote unquote" socialism uh, than than most of your average, you know, right-wing libertarian American Bitcoiners. Um, uh, he lived under, you know, the the apparatus of state um, when he was growing up, and it fucking sucked. Um, I can't remember where he's from, and I wouldn't want to wouldn't want to sort of hazard a guess. Uh, so yeah, so he was quite interested in why I would go and call myself something like the Bitcoin socialist. And then I talked to him about it and I said that, I said, look, okay, that's how some people thought they could bring about something like social control, social control, socializing control. That's very important. You know, look at the word, where the word, the etymology of the word socialism, where it comes from. So socializing control, you're taking control, centralized control, mm. and then you're socializing it. Um, and when I explained the dictionary definition, that it's someone who advocates, and you can Google this, please Google socialism define. And it's the adv- um, advocating that the means of production should be owned or regulated by the community as a whole. Um, and he was interested in that. And actually, he's uh, <laughs> for a while, he's been trying to get me, get me to do like a debate with someone like Giacomo Zucco or some kind of quite far right, <laughs> you know, Bitcoiner, yeah. who I also get on with. He's a nice guy, you know. Uh, and there was some talk about doing like a Stephen Levera one where we did it. But uh, I kind of chickened out because I was like, no, I don't know, man. It's, <laughs> it sounds too brutal. Um, uh, but uh, yeah, no, but he's, you know, he's, he's someone who's kind of interested. He's like, oh, okay, cool. Like I, he can, he can recognize that what I'm saying actually does make some sense. And, yeah. and, and actually, I mean, he, he may not agree with what I'm saying, but he understands that other lefties who think like me can also see value in Bitcoin. Um, and that isn't a bad thing, you know? Uh, we're not the sort of uh, Stalinist lefties who want the state to seize control and then send all the you know doctors into the field. Um, we're we're people. You know, we're, we're 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 a group of lefties who just want that. We just want socialized control. We just want decentralization, um, decision making by consensus, all the good stuff. Uh, so yeah. So actually, no, I have. Yeah, you know, I think I I have um, noticed some. There's been some quite positive kind of feedback, and also I think like it helps. 
if you like, I've been, I've, I've been, I've made some tutorials and I've made produce some stuff and some software. People have built on that software and they built stuff as well. Um, so I think it helps that like, you know, I'm kind of, I'm kind of making something as well, you know, that they can see I'm, I'm actually, I am contributing some value. Like if they hate my politics, then they might like something else I'm doing. Um, and that might yeah. be a way into, to infect them with the, yeah, the yeah, socialist yeah. bug. <laughs> um, yeah, definitely. But uh, no, I mean, so, so yeah. So, so in saying that though, I mean, I think uh, I've kind of been blocked and muted into a corner on Twitter. I just, I can't, I, I've kind of hit the ceiling when it comes to like, say the amount of followers I can get. Uh, because there is a large proportion of uh, the the Bitcoin Twitter community which has just blocked and muted me and like into non-existence. Um, uh, so and so that kind of sucks because some of them, you know, I, I like and we we kind of get on in uh, on on other topics. So um, <laughs> and I they still block that you on Twitter. People... Pardon? And they still blocked you on Twitter. And they still block me on Twitter. Yeah, but I mean, often it's kind of. I mean, they spend all day kind of having that circle jerk, don't they? And like agreeing with everybody. Yeah, and we all think the same thing politically. And then when someone, someone comes along and then challenges them, but in a way which isn't like unreasonable. Um, yeah. I think that, I think that um, they just don't want to go there. They're like, yeah. I, I, so they, 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 they I, I've had a few blocks or, you know, a few conversations which have been like, clearly they're losing ground on the, on the, on the discussion, you know, uh, if they're trying to argue that, uh, you can only have liberty in a capitalist with you know the capitalist mode of production, um, and then you you just point out that mm-hmm. capitalist favors the cap the capitalism favors the capitalist, and if you have a centralized or well, feudal lord essentially who owns the capital, um, you can't have the workers can't have uh, liberty. They can't you know they're 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 working for that person and then they're giving that person some of their surplus. Yeah. Um, uh, so you'll you'll have an argument with them on sort of a topic like that, for example, and any most of those kind of like lefty topics, if you just kind of like let the argument evolve, um, eventually, you know, it's it's quite hard to argue against, I don't know, community control over something um, uh, if it's done in like a nonviolent way, like something like a cooperative, you know, uh, voluntary um, uh, freedom freedom of association. Uh, it's quite hard to kind of argue against that. So, so yeah, so I think then they just block me because um, uh, it's just easier to block me rather than either agree with me and have to change yeah. how they think about something. What, what fucking snowflakes, huh? <laughs> <laughs> Not exactly. Yeah, yeah. They're the snowflakes. <laughs> um, so, so then we, so there, I mean, in this space. So you yourself, like. Yeah. So you yourself, when did you, when did you like start, you know, raising the lefty flag? When, when was that? Um, only about, <laughs> it's a similar thing. I mean, I think like this was, uh, I don't know, five, four or five months ago, something like that. Um, but yeah, I mean, I saw the, the gap in the market, so to say, and um, I thought there needed to be more of a, you know, a, a clearer space for people on the left who are in, in crypto and blockchain and to give them a platform to speak and just for me myself to write down my own opinions and write those articles just to, to get content out and cool, to, to make those connections. Yeah. Nice. Um, but so then I would say that, you know, we have the, on one side, we have the right attacking us, but then also, I mean, occasionally, at least in my experience, uh, 
socialists, you know, being extremely averse to Bitcoin or to blockchain and cryptocurrency in general. So just curious about your thoughts on that and why you thought there was this sort of mutual skepticism. Yeah, I mean, I've, I've said this to um, uh, a lot of Bitcoiners in the past, particularly ones I've had kind of like a very heated debate with. And I've said, look, you know, if you think this is a heated debate, you want to see me debating some of the commies and the socialists because those guys, are, most of them are terrible with computers, for one. Some, something about people on the left, they tend to be crap at computers. Um, uh, so trying to convince them, well, first you've got to educate them on like free and open source software, you know, and the Free Software Foundation, the work Richard Stallman did, you know, that there was proprietary control over something and they wanted to take control and the best way to take control was to build a new system where they had control and and then like you know secure that system through like copyleft um uh, licensing of software um and then you kind of need to work then through the history of free and open source software and then end up at bitcoin and then start to explain bitcoin to them because uh, yeah. they 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 see something like bitcoin um it's just money you know and it's it's, the, it's just filthy greed orientated money uh which is all about lambos and trading and you know maybe they do a quick google for for bitcoin and they find some like safer dean's book i don't know claiming this is bitcoin i think that's also very important actually like i would never claim that you know this is my opinion is is what bitcoin actually is that this is bitcoin um or i mean you've got kind of a broader understanding and relationship with say cryptocurrencies and, and kind of what you call blockchain i just pretty much focus on bitcoin so i'll just, I'll just say bitcoin so um uh i i think that's a quite a dangerous stance to take because i mean the software always evolves and changes for one um but then also you know if you if you try and kind of indoctrinate or um uh, uh create a belief structure around bitcoin as a protocol um then you're going to have people coming along and saying, well, this is, you know, I think I can, I can, I can associate say, my left ideas uh, to Bitcoin um, as well. Uh, and then I think that's often why they get like, kind of, kind of really gets their shit up and they end up on that back foot uh, is because they, they just didn't expect someone to kind of challenge their opinion. Uh, but if you're talking about like free and open source money, which you want kind of to, to be the backbone of future society, you have to appreciate that a large proportion of future society like the idea of um community control and and um uh, like the idea of something like i don't know uh, universal access to education healthcare. um so the world is not going to just become uh what you would call free markets um uh and actually something like bitcoin is just designed to destroy a free market uh so i am waffling so but <laughs> i think it's quite an important point i actually don't want to don't want to lose it but people often call something like bitcoin like a free market money but it's not it's a free market money killer. I mean, that's what we're trying to make it to be. Like, we don't want a free market of money. We want a free market of money, which Bitcoin can exist in. And then Bitcoin becomes the very best it can be of money. And then it destroys the free market. Just like any good uh, free and open source, community-driven software project. So something like Wikipedia. Like, you can have a monopoly, uh, but if it's free and open source monopoly where the community can tr have control over that system then it's not really a bad monopoly. Like, you know, uh, if you have something like, you know, say if Microsoft, um, say if their software was the backbone of the internet and ran all web servers, and that would kind of suck because Microsoft's a proprietary company, um, they have sort of centralized control. But the reality is that, you know, uh, Linux is the backbone of the internet. And that's actually where the what the internet gets right. You know, most web servers are, are Linux-based. Um, 
and there's there's a monopoly over 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 how the internet is you know the, the web web servers running the internet but it's kind of a monopoly no one complains about because it's controlled and regulated by the community as a whole so people know that that is better than uh proprietary centralized control um on a system uh so um so yeah so but but again you know when you're talking to to, the, to people on the left trying to explain that to them like what free and open source software is. I mean, in fact, the ones who do understand free and open source software, they are, they are more susceptible to, to, to understanding why, why Bitcoin would, would be good and would be better. I think mm -hmm. also as well, like you have to wait for these things to find commodity use. Like a lot of, like I think a lot of Bitcoins know that, you know, Bitcoin is, you know, we're using it as money, just like you can use gold as money. Um, but actually gold has a whole bunch of commodity uses. Um, uh, 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 and those commodity uses, so that's where, you know, Marx would, would, he believed that any government would be have be a commodity first and foremost because you it needs to be able to it needs to be exchangeable with you know other commodities for example i don't think we found them for bitcoin yet i think microsoft are now doing some work on decentralized identities and stuff on on, on bitcoin blockchain and i think there's a whole bunch of other projects within sort of cryptocurrency world um, which are trying to find more commodity type use cases but i think that might attract maybe the um older lefty intelligentsia into something like bitcoin um and i have heard uh some um quite you know well-established lefties talk not unfavorably about bitcoin or um uh mention something a system which is kind of describes bitcoin you kind of think oh man if only if only i could speak to you now and shout bitcoin at you um mm. or you know or blockchain or whatever um so uh so yeah, I ranted and I waffled. And <laughs> no, but I I think it was a good point that you made earlier about um, like the goal of uh, if if you listen to a lot of like Bitcoin maximalists, you hear them talking about using Bitcoin to replace fiat, right. and that's really I mean fiat is I mean that's pretty much all money right now is fiat money yeah. for the most part. So that is pretty much you know if there's just Bitcoin, then there is no free market, which is pretty. Yeah. That's a good point. I hadn't thought about that before. Yeah, it's the free market. I said this after it's funny as well because I say, oh, you say, you know, you say Bitcoin's free market money. No, it's not. It's the free market money killer. And it's the, <laughs> actually, that's what they want. They want it to kill the free market. Yeah, it's, and actually, uh, it's fair. And if you have like, so say if you had the Amazon, you know, like we spoke about before, and that, because we have this monopoly now, Amazon, and most people understand it's not great. You know, this Jeff Bezos guy making all this money. Um, it works and you get decent cheap products, but there could be probably a better system where more people would have liberty um, and a decentralized version of that system would be better. I think if it was the Amazon, if you think we had the Amazon now, I think people would complain. I think people would, would encourage that service to just grow and grow and grow because it's, uh, you know, it, it's, it's, it's a fairer system. Um, uh, yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I was just curious about, uh, I know you, you've been working on some stuff on, uh, some point of sale terminals and things like that. So I was curious if you can talk a little bit about the, the projects that you're working on right now. Yeah. So I think that, um, uh, Andreas, this, I did a really good quote and it was, I, the, the, if there's a world in which the internet of things is owned by Amazon or owned by, you know, your, your, um, Google and all your data is owned by them as well, then that world kind of going to suck and it's going to be dystopian if there's a world where the users have control and have autonomy over the hardware um, and the software, then that, that internet of things type future, uh, futurist idea of, of what the world could become, it could be a good thing. Um, 
in order to get there though, we need more control over the hardware and we need more control over the software, which is why, I mean, with free open source software, you can verify code. Uh, you can go on their Git and, and check out their code and you can even make suggestions and contribute to the code if you want to. Um, and if you can find kind of consensus, get it merged in, whatever. Um, I think there's a whole bunch of kind of like hardware out there, which is being developed for makers and DIYers and engineers and hackers. And I think that more and more people are kind of getting autonomy and the ability to kind of build their own stuff, you know, and, and take control over uh, hardware. Um, and I think that's, that's better. Um, and you can't, you, we can't continue kind of a hardware path where some centralized service has um, access to all our information because we can't see the software behind the, the, the piece of hardware. And then the hardware itself may have proprietary parts in which we, we, we don't know how the, the inner workings of and can be feeding data back to wherever. We need like free and open source hardware. We need hardware which is auditable. If not free and open source, like just auditable, like we can, we can take it apart, we can have a look at it, we can understand how it works. And in order to kind of have that relationship with say hardware, for example, you kind of need a community of builders and makers and all that sort of stuff. And I think that's getting better. So I started, um, and also when you talk about like, you know, banking the unbanked, um, it's quite cool, the idea. So one of my projects, the quickening, is a free and open source um, point of sale terminal, which you can build yourself. And the components cost like under $8. Wow. So someone in, you know, I mean, it's, it's still a free and open source project and it still needs kind of a lot of work. Uh, but there's people contributing to it. People like uh, um, uh, uh, Cryptbono and um, uh, CryptoCloaks, they've developed like a, an amazing little uh, 3D printed um, box for it. Uh, there's a, 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 another guy in San Francisco, Ken, who also developed another really nice 3D printed box solution. Um, uh, and there's people who've like improved on the software, which I made as well. But yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a free and open source point of sale terminal. You can build it for under $8. Um, the same principles of building that terminal as well. You could just carry across and take the hardware and then install it into, say, a vending machine or, um, mm. I don't know, an automated uh, beer tap or coffee machine, whatever. Um, so, yeah, so, so uh, that, that is an, gives someone in some poor part of the world who maybe becomes reliant upon some decentralized value transfer system like Bitcoin, for example, um, gives them the ability to just kind of build one of these devices um, themselves uh, with a little bit of work um, or, you know, rope someone in, they kind of know is kind of a little bit technical. It's not, you know, I do a workshop for the quickening and then we cover pretty much everything we need to cover in like an hour. Um, so uh, it's not the most complicated approach. It's not the most complicated thing to build. But then you also know that when you build it, you know, you know the hardware which is going into making that device. Uh, you know it's auditable. Um, you know as well that there's no kind of, um, uh, what's it called? Oh, when you put an attack, there's an attack vector in the manufacturing process of like hardware. So if you're making like a Bitcoin wallet, for example, then change supply chain. There's no supply chain attack. Yeah. Um, which is kind of being put into the, the hardware so you have control over the hardware and you have control over the software and you can and then lo and behold when you have uh, a level of control over the hardware and software and you've actually learned to build this thing yourself you start you start thinking yeah i could tweak it here i could tweak it there i could do this i could do I could improve it there and then you start contributing back to the community of people building these little point of sale terminals so uh so yeah so so i was very keen on education people getting control over this bits of hardware also just exploring like you know we talk about Particularly something like the Lightning Network, you can send real small transactions, microtransactions, 
you can have money streaming. Um, um, and to have IoT devices or smart devices being able to send value to each other is quite exciting. And I also thought that maybe it could be an on-ramp for, um, say, the Arduino community when they realize that, you know, these little bits of hardware they're tinkering with could be sending and receiving value, you know, um, very small amounts of value. Uh, you know, you pay some money and then you turn something on for an amount of time. Um, so, uh, yeah, so I was, I was just interested in that and I just kind of wanted to explore that and then like encourage other people to like explore it as well. And also like, I always reiterate that I'm just a hobbyist, like my code's for shit. Um, uh, my project's really goofy. Uh, contributors are very, very welcome always. Um, and as a hobbyist, if I can do it, then anyone else can do it. You know, it's not, I'm not like in an ivory tower. I'm not like, like some trying try to sell myself as some crazy, you know, um, uh, uh, developer. I'm just, I'm just a hobby. I'm just someone tinkering around at home. Yeah. Um, so it's, it, this stuff is easy enough to, for people to pick up and start building their own cool bits and bobs. And that's how we have that better future where users have control over the hardware. So quickening is your, your main project you're working on. No, so I got a whole bunch. Uh, so we, I got so the the, the first, so there was the quickening, and then well, that was first. So originally there was the one twenty one, which was just kind of like a sweet machine with a little yank display, and you could pay it, and it was spit sweets out. And then um, I then added the keypad, and that became the flux capacitor, which is like a goofy like e paper point of sale device. And then I realized that you can buy um, a pretty nice functional device called um, an M5 stack, which has kind of a key button thing. Like I think it's meant for a calculator, but you can repurpose this thing. It's got microcontroller inside of it. Um, and it's, you know, it's all free and open source hardware or auditable hardware, at least. Um, you can repurpose it and turn it into one of these point of sale devices. It's got a nice little dock for charging it. And they're like 40 quid or something. So it's still very reasonable. Um, and then I realized you could do a better version of the quickening of the flux capacitor, which I then called the quickening, which is like the, the under $8 point cell. It's got a little TFT screen instead of a e-paper screen, which means price down. Um, but then I also used the microcontrollers to build, you know, things like mesh networks, for example, um, um, which uh, I think is very relevant to um, decentralized value transfer systems. You don't want to have to just rely upon something like the internet. You want to have some sort of system or some sort of infrastructure where you can send value through um, a non-centralized system, like a mesh network. So, so a lot of these microcontrollers, you can mesh them together and do some funky stuff. So I kind of got some experimentation with that. Uh, I also like turn these little micro, yeah, I wanted people to be able to, or start building their own hardware wallets. Um, Cause I think hardware wallets are too expensive yeah. and they're also, I don't know, there's just not a community. I think that in order for it to be more secure and for order for more innovation to happen, I think you need a community of people building stuff as opposed to just kind of a company sitting down and trying to think of what the community wants, you know? Um, uh, so I've, I've got like some hardware project um, uh, and then I've got some goofy stuff like, you know, like, um, uh, I don't know, like a price checker, which would just give you the price on a nice little LED matrix or, or something. So, um, so yeah, so just fun little projects, um, uh, trying to retrofit things to accept Bitcoin or build little devices to send and receive Bitcoin things which kind of complement, you know, the Bitcoin mm -hmm. ecosystem. Um, yeah. And it's, it's funny, it's one of those things, like the more, it's kind of easy, you just, you know, you go check out some Arduino projects and then think, okay, cool, that looks great. Uh, I'll see if I can add Bitcoin, you know. Yeah. Um, there's like, a, I found like an Arduino thing on, on, on a nice little coin mech, so you can put a coin in to 
it's for arcade machines or something. And I'm like, oh, cool. Like I can use this to make a Bitcoin ATM. And I made like a, um, you know, like a $40 Bitcoin ATM uh, where you put coins in like loose change and then you get out like some Bitcoin. You can just sap the Bitcoin out. Um, uh, 21's enough. He's got an excellent project. He's another sort of builder maker. Um, and uh, it's great, man. It's, it's cool to be able to, uh, to speak to other people as well who are kind of building and making things. And you find you get like a lot of good, re- if you go to a conference and there's loads of people there with great software, but in the real world, it's nice to have visual things. You can spend some Bitcoin, get some sweets, spend some Bitcoin, you know, and, and then get a claw thing to pick up a, 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 a little treat and get a little treat or play an arcade machine or, you know, go, go to a vending machine and spend some Bitcoin or get a beer from a beer tap by spending some bit. So it's nice to have like real world um, uh, things to using something like Bitcoin. And it's, it, it gets a really good response when you, when you take these like gadgets out and about. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. So yeah, so um, for anyone who's listening, like we'll, please do, yeah, please do like join in, like build some stuff and um, get involved in some of the projects, buy some of the parts, you know, like, like, the, like the point of sale terminal, the quickening, you know, it's like under $8, you can buy this parts off the shelf order them from aliexpress or get them from amazon maybe like spend like ten dollars um and then you can put this thing together and and and, and there's a whole bunch of little projects you can make using the same hardware so you know it doesn't cost anything um Mm. and you can sit down you can learn it's a really good way to learn development as well it's very rewarding and it's not the code's not that complicated it's like arduino code um uh, so it's not too hard to to kind of code it's it's c but it's kind of got some little tweaks to to make it a bit more easier to to use uh, mm-hmm. so it's a good way to learn development as well so yeah so great yeah please anyone listening just get involved like look into some of the projects uh the github is arcbtc um that's my github and then there's like gazillions of projects on there um using these little bits of hardware uh so um so yeah so well i can't remember what the question was but it was i think it was just uh <laughs> just the project I, I was gonna ask you uh how how should people keep up with you and uh and help you with help out with the projects um, but yeah, you already gave it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you're one step ahead. But um, yeah, thanks a lot for uh, for spending the time uh, and being my first guest. Uh, it's been really exciting.